Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Manchester is Red podcast from the Manchester Evening News. I'm your host Rich Fay. Today we'll look back at United's win over Burnley and of course look ahead to the weekend trip to face Liverpool at Anfield. And for such a big clash, we've got the big hitters back. Samuel Lutfus and Tyrone Marshall, nice to have you both. Thank you for that introduction, Rich. Yeah, thank you. Very kind, Rich. Well, yeah, let's hope you can live up to the pre-match billing because uh, Unlikely. The, pes- the pessimist inside me tells me that the weekend match could be a similar sort of big match build-up with very little end product. But uh, we'll get onto that later. But United did do the business on Tuesday night, Samuel. And we spoke on the last podcast, check it out if you haven't already, about the way that United would approach the Burnley game. And you said, Samuel, that it would almost tell us more about United if they were to win 1-0, 2-0 and have a gritty win rather than to blow Burnley away. You know, it's the type of game which, you know, champions win. It's the type of gritty performance which we've seen over the festive period. We saw the win over Villa, the win over Wolves, and now this win over Burnley. United using their, their squad depth to, to great effect and coming through in the end in a, a night where Bruno Fernandes had a rare off night, Paul Pogba stood up. But for you, was that a real performance which which did sort of clarify United's title credentials? Maybe not the, the full finished package yet, but they definitely come a long way in the last 12 months. Yeah, I think Dom's prediction that they would run right was as if he was him liking Ross Barkley, really. I just could never foresee a, a time in that game where United were ever going to run right, even before it. Um, as, as we said on the podcast, that, that was always going to be a slugfest, and it was pretty much from the first game and it wasn't necessarily the first kick of the ball, it was the first kick of a player. Uh, it, it really did intensify quite quickly. And Solskjaer said afterwards that United let frustration get the better of them in the first half. And I think that was quite apparent. And you, you saw just a little bit on Twitter, like United fans moaning about the way Burnley played. Burnley played like that for a long time. Other teams have played like that in the past, have played rougher than that. There's no point moaning about it. There seems to be this... With some football supporters, this divine right to be allowed to play exactly the way you want to play. And United, the best United sides could mix it up. Uh, Wenger's best sides were able to mix it up. This Liverpool team that won the title last season, they've got physical figureheads in it. Getting past those physical tests is, you know, it's, it's, one of the, it's not the litmus test of whether you can actually go on and win the league, but it's certainly one of those wins where maybe at the end of the season you'll look back on it and look at the significance significance of it. I was surprised last month at the amount of United fans who would have taken the midweek as rest rather than playing the Burnley game. I suspect now their opinion will have changed because they're three points clear. The players wanted to play that Burnley game before they went to Anfield because they have momentum and it's come off in that they've not only have they won but they're actually going to Anfield um, above Liverpool, three points clear of Liverpool. I think certainly when that fixture was arranged in the first in the first place, which is not even two weeks ago, or it might have been two weeks ago on New Year's Eve, I think it was. So there wasn't a lot of time between the fixture actually having a date and it being played. But United should always have wanted to play that game because of the opportunity that was there. And Liverpool have dropped some unexpected points uh, since the announcement of that game as well, which has obviously benefited United. And really, after they came out at half-time, they, they controlled that game very impressively. They created some good opportunities before Pogba did score. I know there was an element of luck with the goal, with the deflection it going through Pope's legs, I think. But it was, it was a very clean hit by Pogba. He was the best player on the pitch. Maguire, again, he's so much better 
with a speedy uh, athletic centre-back next to him. I thought him and Baye were excellent. Again, Matic has looked very good. And as I said, I think when you win games like that, when there is an element of pressure, even though it's a, a premature stage where we're not even halfway through the league season, it, it is bound to fuel belief. I, th- I think, if anything, the fact that Solskjaer was so not underwhelmed, but composed afterwards in his um, in his Zoom briefing with us and no hint of him getting carried away. That was a giveaway that it was an important win because Ferguson used to adopt that equanimity after a big win and that he would talk in a very, very measured tone. And you knew full well that behind behind the scenes, within those four walls of the dressing room, he would be absolutely delighted. And Solskjaer must have been thrilled with the manner of the win at Burnley. Yeah, like you said, it's... It is crucial to sort of remind fans as well that although we're midway through January, it's still not a normal season, we're still not at the halfway stage yet. So there's a hell of a lot that can change. We've seen so quickly this, this season to that already that almost every month's been a high, then a low, then a high, then a low. But now it's all riding the wave at the moment. And Ty, you know a lot about Burnley. Um, you know, on paper, people say United away at Burnley, that should be a simple win. But for you, do you, do you agree with Samuel that it really was another sort of show of confidence by this United side that they've been able to, to dig deep and, and to play against the team so robust and so different to their own style of play, but still still win the three points? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, it, it felt a bit, I think I put on Twitter for the game, it felt a bit to me like a game that 12 months ago United would, would probably have lost, although that comes with the caveat that, that Burnley don't tend to score goals at the moment, um, or haven't done for a while, and their goal scoring record's pretty poor, and their home record against the big six is is poor, really poor, for quite a few years now, which is strange considering we do associate it with it being a tough place to go. But th- there's no doubt they had some of that sort of old those old Burnleyisms back on on Tuesday and making it such a you know such a dog of a game and a dog of a first half. And yeah, it, it did feel like a game that maybe even six months ago, definitely twelve months ago, would have been a real test of character for United and one year you wouldn't have been surprised if they'd failed. They they might have conceded first half and. It just felt like you were watching a very different team in the first half. It was backs against the wall. They were under pressure, but they defended well. They stood up to the challenge. They were, you know, they, they were firm and strong in it. And you felt you felt confident watching them that they had the characters to stand up to it. And second half, they kind of played the games on on their terms. Argu- arguably, they should have done that first half. They kind of got sucked into the the battle first half. Burnley started very well, and it felt like United couldn't really get out of, of the game that Burnley were making it first half, and, and they needed half-time just to kind of press the reset button. But then second half, they, they controlled the game. They were much better. They played further up the pitch, and it did feel like Solskjaer had a big bearing on that at half-time, and that it did go from a game being played on Burnley's terms to a game being played on United's terms. And, and when the game was played on United's terms, there was only going to be one winner. Yeah, exactly. And I know we've, I've, I've got, gone go back on myself now and be hypocritical about saying uh, it's too early to get carried away. But it was United lost to Burnley at home last January and they were 30 points off Liverpool. They've beaten Burnley this January. They're three points ahead of Liverpool. When people are going to look about the biggest change in those 12 months, Bruno Fernandes is obviously the, the most obvious and he's won his fourth Premier League Player of the Month award already uh, earlier today. But as we said earlier, Samuel, he had a bit of an off night at more, but Paul Pogba did step up and he had a fantastic uh, performance. What have you made of Solskjaer's man management of Pogba in the way that it's been handled? Flawless, really. Um, he's, he's played him when at the right times he's got performances out of him. That was probably an issue uh, a month ago in that if Fernandes didn't play well, it was, it was difficult to pinpoint which player in that team would be able to be that creative spark in the United side and Pogba has, has always had it in him he's always had talent but he's not always you know applied that talent in the right way but he's 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 looked really good recently and 
I think it was pretty clear that when when Raiola wrote back on those initial comments to Tuto Sport that a transfer wasn't going to happen this month. And I mean, he looked a bit of an amateur, Raiola, when he said that at the time, because I don't think anybody could have foreseen Pogba leaving this month or being sold this month. Those those type of deals rarely happen in January. I mean, it's 10 years since Torres, Suarez, Carroll, they all uh, had their transfers and Liverpool were very active under Kenny Dalglish with the incomes and the outgoings. But that 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 window, that January window, certainly feels quite anomalous. Anomalous, sorry. So it was pretty clear United were going to have Pogba until the end of the season. And then it's a case of how can we maximise his potential um it's, it's weird to be referring to Pogba as a potential player when he's turning 28 in a couple of months. But it does feel that way still because he's still not channeled that brilliance that he has in him consistently enough. And it's only been a couple of weeks, maybe at the very most, that he's been playing at this level. I thought he was very good against Aston Villa. He didn't quite catch it with the goal. But the fact that Solskjaer is actually coaxing this level of form out of him bodes really well for United in that they have got someone to alleviate that burden on Fernandes. It was interesting that Popper was starting at Burnley and McTominay and Fred weren't. That was potentially a giveaway that maybe Popper was being penciled in for a bench role at Liverpool. But there's no way they can't start him at Anfield. And particularly when he's coming up against Alexander-Arnold, who, although he's raised the bar uh, for, for attacking right-backs, a, a little bit similar to how Dani Alves did about 14 years ago or so when he was at Sevilla and Barcelona, he has always been lacking defensively. And United have exploited his defensive dozeiness a few times in recent years. And when you've got Pogba up against him, you've got Rashford who can move to that side. Marshall likes that chance that inside left channel. That's a real area of concern for Liverpool. It's a real area that United can exploit. But just going back to Solskjaer's handling of Pogba, obviously the, the night after those quotes came out from Raiola, Pogba came on in Leipzig and he was probably United's best player. He had a huge impact on that game. I think the goal was credited, credited to him when he made it 3-2. And then he played in the derby at the weekend and he's he's had a good influence on games. He I think he got... The assist was it for for Marshall's goal at Sheffield United. He's he, there've been moments in games where he's really stood out, where he's grabbed the game by the lapels, and it's just an interesting dynamic with having Darren Fletcher on the coaching staff, and that Fletcher was a midfielder of limited ability, but he really did boss big games. He really did take the game to Steven Gerrard or Frank Lampard. Um, Arsenal worries patsies. I mean, Arsenal had Fabregas, but Fabregas just. I mean, Anderson used to outplay Fabregas when uh, he came up against Arsenal. But Fletcher, against the very best in England, could not just mix it. He could he could overwhelm them and beat them. And Pogba's not really had that one game for United where he's completely controlled it, completely bossed it from start to finish. He obviously left his calling card at the Etihad nearly three years ago with the two goals of comeback. And there have been glimpses like the tackle on um, N'Golo Kante when they beat Chelsea 2-0, the pass for Rashford at Wembley when they beat Tottenham. And I think Solskjaer's game as, as caretaker manager. So he, he has turned it on for in big games, but in terms of actually coming out of a big game and people looking at it thinking he was absolutely fabulous from start to finish. He's not done that yet. And that dynamic of having Fletcher oversee that with a midfielder of enviable talent, and he was a midfielder of limited talent, yet still did what he did in those big games, 
It'd be interesting to see how Pogba does now against the elite because United's record against the elite this season has not been very good at all. Exactly. That, uh, that sort of top six record is what maybe underpins United's form at the moment. You do sense that there could be a tricky few sort of months coming ahead. And the fact that United, you know, they even have Arsenal in the month, which you'd say should be a win, but United's record against Arsenal is really poor in recent years, particularly. I think about going to the Emirates, yeah, there's been some good wins, particularly when Solskjaer first, first took over, but it should be a tricky month. And maybe this is the month where we really do find out where United are up to. Tight. On the Pogba issue now, I mean, it seems so certain for so long that he will leave at the end of the season. You know, a trophy win would be the perfect divorce almost for for United and and him. They'd both go separate ways, getting what they wanted from this season. But is there any way at all you could see Pogba staying at United longer than expected if he's playing so well, so influential? And, you know, if United really wanted to offer him a new contract, they could at least put one on the table and and see what happens. Um, I think it's very unlikely still. I think... The only way it happens is if the interest in him doesn't materialise this summer, which I suppose is still plausible, depending on how long we're going to be without fans and, and the hits, the financial hits clubs are taking is, is continuing. So that's probably the only plausibility that, that would keep him there. It would be a hell of a change of heart now. Um, you know, for Riolas, who have made those comments, would suggest that Pogba's mind was firmly made up. And, you know, he was talking in the summer of 2019 about needing a new challenge and he's never, you know, he's never said anything to the contrary since then. So it doesn't suggest that he sees his future at United. He's also only got a year left on his contract at the end of this season. So if he doesn't go, United would at least want a free. So it might be that United just want to take take whatever cash they can get for him. And I guess their hand will be strengthened if he continues to, to play as, as well as he is doing. There's always been an interesting sort of dynamic with Pogba. I think United probably signed him as someone... What I think what they've wanted him to be in recent years is not the type of player he is, really. They've needed someone who can sort of drag the rest of the team up by their bootlaces, a bit like Fletcher used to, like Fernandez is doing now. It can just sort of, you know, Fernandez has taken that team and raised everyone's games. And I don't think Pogba has ever really been that type of player. He's the type of player, if you put him in a really good functioning team, he's kind of the gloss on that, the, you know, the cherry on the icing on the cake of, of a really good team. And I don't think it's any coincidence that his best runs of form under Solskjaer anyway, have come when United have been in good form. I don't think it's him dragging them to this form. I think he's been playing in a team that's functioning well and, and is coherent in Solskjaer's honeymoon period and now, and then you're seeing the best of Pogba. I think if you put him in a unit where everyone knows their jobs, he's got a, you know, a fairly clearly defined role and he's asked to just go out there and, and be that world-class player, then I think he can do it. If you put him in a team that's, that's not playing well with individuals that shouldn't be there, that a team that's going to work in progress and tell him, go and, you know, go and be the influence, go and be the difference maker, go and raise everyone's games. That's a role he struggled with. You know, for £90 million, he probably shouldn't with, struggle with that. But that's just, that seems to be the type of player he is. So I don't think it's any surprise that his form now is coinciding with the fact that Solskjaer's getting a shoot out of everyone. And that makes Pogba look better. Um, and if, you know, if that continuing through until May and they get the very best Pogba because they're getting the very best of everyone else, then they've got a hell of a chance in the cycle race. But for you, Ty, maybe in a short and sweet one, you think you, no matter what happens between now and the end of the season, he has to leave the summer? I, I think so, yeah. I, I struggle to see a way back for him. I can't see him signing a new contract. I think that would be a hell of an about turn, really, considering all the, all the water that's, that's gone under the bridge. So I think it's, you know, 95% certain, say, he's, he's going to go. I think the only way he stays is if clubs say we can't afford him and, and we're going to wait until he's on a free. You do realise that's going to be a quote all over uh, the, the the web tomorrow. 95% certain chance that probably going to be just going to this time <laughs> in Marshall. So uh, we'll, hold, we'll hold you to that one. Uh, in terms of departures, we'll go to arrivals instead. Uh, Samuel Amadiallo finally, uh, not only a United player, but Carrington in first team training. Um, we saw Anthony Marshall make a debut against Liverpool. We couldn't see one this weekend. We will hear from Ole Gunnar Solskjaer 
later this afternoon so you know we've got to have that caveat to this podcast we could everything we say could be absolutely undone by Solskjaer later so uh, please don't don't hold us to that but I'm a Diallo at United Samuel what what sort of impact do you expect him to have do you think he could go into the first team or do you think it'd be more of what Fukundu Palestri's done which is settling in at under 23 level first well Solskjaer hasn't ruled out going into the under 23s and it's easy to read a lot by him training with the first team already because he has to. Uh, he's he's gone to the club. There aren't any under twenty three games until I think it's next week. Still, have a month. They'll have gone a month without playing, so he can't really train with the under twenty threes at the moment. There's uncertainty about you know, junior football as well. I mean, the youth cup game was offered this week. That was suspended. Um, will the under twenty three season even resume? Uh, remains to be seen. You you would hope so, uh, just for the sake of all those young players who really need that playing time need that regularity of having something to do because it's it's, it's difficult in lockdown for for everyone so I think you can easily see Diallo possibly getting some game time at under 23 level but in terms of, I mean it'd be amazing if he I'd be amazed if he's at Anfield on Sunday or if he's in the Lowry on, on Saturday night I just don't really see that happening I think that's it's far too soon and United don't really have any well Again, as you said, Solskjaer could undo this all um, in, in what he says in his press comments, but any meaningful injuries. But of course, Marshall came off at, at Burnley. Um, although when Marshall looks hurt, he's not necessarily hurt um, given his character, but Matic seemed to pull up as well. So there's that slight outside chance, but I, I, I really don't think he'll be at Anfield on uh, on Sunday. No, he might not quite get the uh, Anthony Marshall uh, debut moment from Diallo yet, but like I said, it'll be interesting to see how it works. But it does bring us on nicely to the elephant in the room, and it is that trip to Anfield this weekend. Uh, Ty Pogba spoke uh, to Sky Sports in the build-up to the game, saying, you know, it won't decide the title. That, that's clear. We're so early in the season, we're not even halfway yet. So, you know, that, there's not not too many maybe huge takes from the game, but it's going to be so interesting to see how United respond after losing to Man City so recently as well. Um, pressure's all on. Like I said at the start of the podcast, for me, there's so much pressure and build-up that it just seems inevitable. It's got to be another one of those nil-nil. There was that, that one a few years ago, it was called Red Monday or something of the ilk on, on Sky Sports, which mm, has been terrible game. built up to be the next World War or something, and it turned into nothing at all. It was like a war <laughs> fight, and it was just it was was awful. I think United were training in the car park, weren't they, on the day of the game? Yeah. Was that the one with the Pogba emoji was launched as well in the build-up? I can't... There was one... No, there was the no, one that was the emoji. reverse... That but was the Trafford. reverse game where, yeah, he had his emoji carved into his hair and it was being advertised around the ground and he gave away a penalty and missed a one-on-one. It was a really great idea that, having his emoji announced <laughs> on the eve of that game. I'll have to be careful when I release mine then and see, make sure it's in my form. But uh, Ty... <laughs> we, we you know it's the cliche that doesn't need much more build-up but we'll give you the chance to give it some build-up uh united this weekend you know do you do you make them favorites considering the top of the table um no probably not um i mean liverpool are liverpool have been poor recently but they're 67 games unbeaten at anfield or aiming for 67 this weekend one of the two um in, in league games anyway so they're a long long time unbeaten they are the defending champions so you'd probably make liverpool marginal favorites i guess um you know i mean united have got a hell of a chance we've got to remember united at 22 games unbeaten domestically as well although it comes i guess with a couple of caveats and they lost the fa cup semi at wembley and, and i've had some stinkers in the champions league in that time but they're going to travel there with plenty of confidence and i think in a way i mean it's as close to a free hit as a game like this is ever going to get for united and that they go they go to Anfield top of the league and three points clear. Yeah, 
it does feel like basically a free hit for them. I don't think, I mean, there's maybe an expectation on them to perform and get a result now, but the pressure is all on Liverpool. They're the defending champions. They've got this unbeaten home record to protect. They're the ones that have been out of form recently. If they lose, then the six points behind and their, you know, the defence of their title is, if not in tatters, it, it's under serious pressure. So it does feel like all the pressure on this game is in is on Liverpool, who are out of form, and United, who have got the form, have got the momentum, can almost go there and, and consider it a free hit. If they get beat, they're still joint top of the league. They're still banging the title race. There's going to be no, you know, unless they get thrashed, there's going to be no disgrace, really, in, in losing, necessarily. So it does feel a bit like it's, it's just, like I say, as close to a free hit as a game like this will ever get for United. And that might well play into the hand that the pressure is all going to be on Liverpool. And Samuel, in terms of the pressure being on Liverpool and the way they're going to have to approach the game, you sense that it should really benefit United and, and the way they, they can approach the game as well. We've always, we've always spoken about how United's form when Solskjaer first took over was was based on this counter-attacking way. All the teams came up and, and the, were going for sort of possession-based tactics and United just blitzed them on a counter-attack. You know, with players like Pogba and Bruno Fernandes both in form, you sense that that could be it again. But... In terms of formation, if you were the manager, Simon, what would you go for? Would you stick with the 4-3-3 variant? Would you go for the diamond? Would you switch to a 3-5-2? No, I'd, I'd stick with the 4-2-3-1. I, I completely understand why Sotial went with a back three against Liverpool in the two games last season. I don't think he really had much of a choice. United were that inferior. And as you said earlier, they, they ended that game at Anfield last January, 30 points behind them. I mean, it, it, there was an absolute chasm between the teams. Now United are ahead of them. There is a balance to it. I don't think they can go completely gung-ho. I don't think it's a free hit at the, for them at Anfield this weekend. But that that's why when I say that Pogba has to start, he does. But he, he shouldn't be starting in the midfield too in front of the back four. That should be Fred and McTominay or Matic because they are still coming up against one of the best teams in the world. Uh, I, I still think Liverpool on their day are the best side in the country. And United have got to be mindful of that. And they've got to be mindful that Liverpool will be extremely motivated for this game. I think Klopp's intensified their siege mentality since uh, that Southampton defeat. Some of the players won't have played for two weeks. They'll have had a a decent rest where they can play at Villa. Um, They've got a point to prove as well uh, now that they're second uh, after the points they've dropped rather unexpectedly over the last month or so. I think when they beat Tottenham and Palace in that week, you know, from the grit to the guile, it was almost as if everyone was resigned to them just tearing away and leaving everybody in their wake. But it's not, it's not happened. So United have got to be respectful of Liverpool. But I, I think if they were to go with a back three, I mean, I could be wrong. And they, could, it, it could just be a tactical masterclass. And we saw at PSG this season, earlier this season, that it worked really well. But given United's form at the moment, how consistent they've been and the attacking threat that they have, I, I really think it would be a waste to put another centre-back in there. Um, I mean, it would be his way of accommodating Lindelof with Bailly and, and, and Maguire when Lindelof really should not be in the team whatsoever at the moment, fit or or not, not even quite 100% fit. So, yeah, I, I'd still go with the back four, Pogba on the left, Rashford on the right, Fernandes behind Cavani, because Cavani's a far more energetic uh, striker than Marshall. Uh, I can't remember what the statistic was that was sent by Dave Hughes, but it's, it's pretty striking how much more uh, Cavani presses and Marshall presses. And that's despite the fact that Marshall has started something like 11 more games than, than Cavani this season. Uh, and especially, I think, a game against a team like Liverpool, where where they, they could they could be without all their main centre-backs, really. If, if I mean, Van der 
Van Dijk and Gomez certainly won't be playing. Matip might be playing, might not be playing. But if, even if he is, I don't think United should be phased by it at all whatsoever. They have got to just manage that balance of trying to take the game to Liverpool, but not going too gung-ho and not being too defensive. So in that, in that sense, I think 4-2-3-1 is just the way forward, really. And if they get a draw at Anfield, that is a pretty good result, uh, all being told. They've not won at Anfield for five years. I think on Sunday it's five years to the date since they last won uh, there when, when Rooney scored uh, from the corner. So, you know, and, and in that time, I think they've played five games at Anfield since. They've lost three, drawn two, and they've only scored once, which was a gift to them from, from Allison in that 3-1 defeat. So they have got to be a little bit more attack-minded, given how reticent they've been there in recent years. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be interesting to see. I, I did see a stat. Um, United have had just 77 shots in their last 11 Premier League games against Liverpool, failing to register double figures since December 2014. In fact, United haven't had 10 shots in a game against Liverpool since David Moyes' era. So uh, it shows just how difficult it's been for United. And uh, in terms of the selections there, I mean, Simon went through them brilliantly, really. And, and maybe I'll ask you about the formation that you'd go for as well. But it seems like it's going to be the ultimate sort of asses test for the likes of Eric Bailly and maybe Paul Pogba. Because we said Pogba hasn't really influenced all these big games. Well, here's your chance. You know, mm. we had the game against City where he dominated the second half, but he hasn't had it from start to finish. Eric Bailly is always at the back of your mind thinking, what's he going to do next? There's always something. You know, he had the challenge over Christmas. Was it in the Villa game where you know, he went in on John McGinn quite recklessly? Yeah. You thought, oh, you don't really want to be seeing yeah. that because the stability is there. United are showing signs of progress, but... The pessimist in your tire always says that there's just maybe one mistake away from undoing all that hard work. And, you know, there should be no questions asked to Solskjaer at the moment, but you always always sense that one or two defeats and there might be again. Yeah, I, I think that's why there's still doubt around their sort of title credentials. A, because they've come from, from so, far, so far back last year. And B, because we've seen them put good runs of form together under Solskjaer previously and then string three or four dreadful performances together and, and fail to win any of the games and, and chuck in a couple of horror shows in there. So I think that's the concern that we have seen it before. And there's still kind of a nervousness around that you just don't know if, if all of a sudden from nowhere they're going to they're gonna throw in a shocker. But it does feel a lot more a lot more stable at the moment. Um, I mean, I'm the same as Samuel. I'll be playing the 4-2-3-1 if, if I was in charge. So if I was in charge, I think there'd probably be six points clear, nine points clear already, really. So... Um, you know, I, I don't think they've used that back three domestically all season. I think the only time they've used it is the games at Leipzig and, and PSG. And it does kind of feel like they've almost moved away from it a little bit, that it was loosed, it was used last year against City and, and Chelsea and Liverpool and the biggest games as, as much a precautionary measure as anything to give United a bit more stability and allow them to play on the, on the counter-attack. Whereas now it, it feels like they could play 4-2-3-1 and, and almost try and go a bit more toe-to-toe with Liverpool and, and try and cause Liverpool as many problems as, as Liverpool will cause them. So that would be, I think that's what Solskjaer will probably do given the form United are in. And I think it would be a message of how far they've come in 12 months that he now feels his side are, are good enough and strong enough to to compete with Liverpool rather than look to, to play that back three. Um, Pogba as well has, has got to play for me, really, probably off the left in that 4-2-3-1. And I did put in the piece uh, that I did after the Turf Moor game that it, you know, the, the next challenge for him is to, to influence uh, a big game. It does feel like he's, he's United's form player at the moment, but like I say, he hasn't sort of won one of these games single-handedly or, or really helped United win one of these big games yet. And, if he was to do that on Sunday, then it would be quite the statement. And the same with, with Bayer, really. I mean, I think 
Solskjaer has tended to pick Bailly over Lindelof this year when he's been up against pacey strikers. I mean, it's all unboxing day. I think that was the second time he'd started in the Premier League and, and the two starts have been against Son and Vardy when you do feel like, like pace is required. I guess Liverpool haven't got any, you know, Salah and Mane probably aren't at that level of speed, but there's always the chance they'll get in behind you, especially if United want to play a 4-2-3-1 and, and kind of condense the pitch. So it probably makes sense to go with Bailly's pace. And, and as we said, he, he does sort of complement Maguire at the moment. So I'd be going with the same the same back four. But like you say, there is still the, the feeling that one one mad moment is always around the corner with, with Bailly, but hopefully he can produce a, a calm 90 minutes at Anfield. Yeah, of course. Lock got lucky against uh, Mane last season, didn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah, for the goal. Mm. Yeah, for yeah. the goal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, Liverpool fans were furious there was no VAR in that and then yeah, you know, go to the other end and, and get the goal themselves. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see the dynamic of this weekend uh, as Samuel uh, makes his exit early. He has got a press conference that one to deal with. But, uh, Ty, I guess while we're here, we'll just ask you quickly for maybe what you expect from this weekend. Like I said, I'm, I'm of the of the pessimistic sort of viewpoint. I think that there's so much build-up that it's inevitably going to be uh, a bit of a cagey one, really. And I think as much as you know, what we're talking about, United can do this to win, Liverpool can do this to win, but I think it's two teams who have maybe got to be too scared to lose. Because, yes, yeah. there's a huge reward for either side if they do win, but neither side will want to lose and lose. United won't want to see their three-point gap just diminish straight away. Liverpool know that if they lose, then there really is going to be pressure on Klopp. You yeah. know, um, it, it seems similar to sort of what Solskjaer is under now, that okay, the, the, the social media fans aren't the ones who go to matches, really. The most vocal on social media aren't the ones who are who stood in the cop of the Stratford end on most weeks. So they have a different viewpoint. But, you know, if United were to win this this Sunday, you, I wouldn't be surprised if I saw Klopp out trending on Twitter because that's the sort of nature of modern football and, and the way it is and how sh- maybe short fuse and short temp- tempered some fans are. But for me, I, I think it will be cagey. Like I said, I think both sides have more to lose than to gain in a way, uh, strangely enough. But uh, for yourself, what, what are you expecting? You, you said Liverpool are favourites. Would you, would you back them for the win as well? Uh, no, probably probably not. I mean, you can make a case for all three outcomes, really, kind of. It's a very hard game to, to predict. I mean, Samuel's made a wise exit here just before, just before predictions and, you, and you've lumped me with it instead. Connection so, issues. Uh, I think we should point out to anyone listening. Connection issues, like, yeah. Look like there's he connection issues. But, so, uh, yeah, who knows? But like we said, we have got a uh, press conference coming up. So yes. if you're bored of talking to us, then understandable. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can make an argument for all three outcomes none of them would be a surprise I mean it'd be a hell of a statement if United did go there and win I'm like you I can see I mean I don't think a draw particularly helps Liverpool it does feel like Liverpool need the win more than United yeah. in terms of getting back on track and, and just closing that gap and also keeping an eye on on City I mean we've not mentioned them yet but they're they're the form team they've closed the gap up particularly their run of fixtures for the rest of this month is I mean it's an absolute doddle really they should be taking maximum points from the next three or four games at least so they've got the fixtures on their side at the moment and the form on their side so although with Bill and this is kind of a title clash you know City are still the, the favourites with the bookmakers so you know Liverpool probably need the win to try and ease the pressure coming up from City as well but yeah I, I'm with you I, I can see it being a tight game can see it being a tense game and I, I'm not sure it'll be a nil-nil but you could you could see 1-1 so I, I think a draw is is probably you know a, a safe a safe prediction really and you can certainly see 1-1 but United should be emboldened to, to go there and and have a go, like Sammy was saying, with Liverpool's lack of central defenders at the moment and the fact that they've got to move Fabinho there, cost them in midfield as well. It just certainly emboldened United to to go there and, and try and have a real go. Because like I say, it is it is as, as close as a free hit as it's ever going to get when you've got a trip to Anfield and you're three points clear at the top of the league. So that, that should embolden them really to, to have a bit of a go and, and try and cause Liverpool some problems. 
Yeah, exactly. And like you said, it'd just be almost refreshing to see United just go for it because, mm. like you said, why not? They've got the momentum. They've got players like Fernandez, and you know the quirk of the Premier League this season is that the best, the team with the best eleven might not win it, but the team with the best squad probably will. And yeah. you, you'd, you'd say United probably do have a squad depth maybe greater than Liverpool's, but maybe not as good as Man City's at times because you know United's bench is full of quality and there's always players in reserve. People like yeah. Donny Van der Beek who aren't even getting a look in at the moment, so. We shall wait and see, but uh, I can't imagine what Klopp will be saying if United get a penalty, 97th hmm. minute from the cop, Bruno Fernandes to take. Who knows? Yeah, we will be back next week to discuss everything that did happen at Anfield, and we'll look ahead as well to the games on the horizon. Oh, it's Liverpool again. It should be a, a, a tough week for us uh, to cover it, but uh, exciting one for United fans to, to watch, and who knows? The, the mood again could be very different this time next week, but... Uh, we shall wait and see. Tyrone, thank you very much for joining us on the Red podcast today. Samuel, we'll take your silence as a thank you as well. Don't worry. But uh, like we said, we've got that social press conference on Friday afternoon. So all the coverage from that will be on the MEN on Friday and over the weekend as well. As we look forward to United against Liverpool on Sunday afternoon. Thank you very much once again for joining us on the Manchester Red podcast. If you haven't already, please do leave a like and subscribe. It helps us a lot. If not, we'll see you again next time.